You're listening to The Underground Podcast, a platform to inspire, encourage, and stir up kingdom mission. Our aim is to resource you, the listener, with discussions that empower your calling to follow Jesus in every unique context of life. My name is Leanne Tybett, and on today's episode, Brian Sanders and I are joined by PJ Asaturo. PJ is an award-winning filmmaker with a background in photojournalism, and he's currently working on our underground documentary project, which is coming out this fall. Well, PJ, thanks so much for joining us. Um, Our topic today is going to be storytelling. Um, I've been really kind of inspired by storytelling. I think it's one of the most critical tools we have in learning today. The gospel itself is a story, and we are a part of this larger story that God is writing. And so, um, you know, we see that stories connect information to emotion. People can remember and connect and learn through stories. And so it's not hard to argue the importance of stories, but the question is really how do we tell stories and how do we tell them well? Um, So for you, PJ, I just am interested to hear maybe what's inspired you to tell stories through film? When I was was in college, I didn't know kind of... I had taken a few photos and I didn't really know what to do with it. And I got this opportunity to go to West Africa for six months. And um, Scott Harrison who's now founded Charity Water, actually was a a photojournalist on this little ship called Mercy Ships. And it's this hospital ship where they travel from country to country um, in West Africa, go into a village, find someone with like a tumor the size of a basketball, and then they bring them back onto the ship and they do surgery for like 13 hours. And you see these crazy transformations, not just visually, but there's like a social transformation that occurred Mm -hmm. as well because they were outcasts when they would come back to their village, they were greeted completely, you know, Mm. fully integrated back into society. And that was the start of when I realized like photographs and stories like these can change the world because people back home are able to like give to that. They're able to volunteer. You're kind of opening people's eyes to like what's out there. Mm. And I think storytellers are one of the most, you know, influential people in in doing kingdom work. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it also implies that this is a story worth telling. I mean, you're, you're, you're giving an example of something sort of compassionate, heroic, you know, life change. Not every story has the same kind of mm. anatomy. It's not just how do we tell a story, but how do you even, what are the right stories to tell? And does that matter? Does it matter? Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, it almost comes down to what fascinates you, like as a storyteller, you know, and we all 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 are storytellers, you know, whether it's from Snapchat stories to, you know, writing blogs about our ministry or something like that. Like we all do tell stories every day. Um, but I think if you can just come down to like what fascinates you as a person, what interests you, that p- other people are going to be interested in that, too, especially because you're going to have the drive to keep coming back to that story to make it better, to craft it more, because mm-hmm. you believe that this is something that other people need to hear as well. Almost something that's really vulnerable and authentic is kind of the story that will catch more than others, you think? Yeah, yeah, it completely. I think I think that, to me, if I were to see it like a common theme in the best stories, it is, it's authentic stories. Um, it's stories of transformation. Um, if you look in like fiction or narrative films, you know, every movie, ideally, this is what they teach you in film school. Um, you start the character off with a flaw or a weakness and that you show early on in the film, you know, he's getting bullied. 
So you feel compassion on him, but you also realize he's not standing up for himself. By the end of the film, the film should basically always end with them overcoming that. And so stories of transformation are really the the basis of narrative. Um, and I think that, that that's what we should strive for, even in stuff like documentaries, even in stuff like just kind of writing about your ministry for the year. You know, like how we started out this year, it was a lot of obstacles. By the end of the year, you know, we overcame them. And that's a great story. There's something called the hero's journey. If anyone is interested in writing really good stories, mm -hmm. the, the monomyth, um, I would encourage you to check out any of Joseph Campbell stuff. There's a lot of YouTube videos. Like most days I don't have time to read a whole book. Mm -hmm. So I'll just watch a YouTube channel <laughs> you know, for like five minutes on, you know, storytelling 101. Um, but as far as like, I mean, documentaries are concerned, I think I really, I, I just hone in on like what interests you? Why are you fascinated by this? Why, how is one person doing, like an ordinary person doing extraordinary things? And in all of my like documentary work, I just try and explore that. Like, how did you start out? And usually it's like, just like the rest of us, you know, you find a common theme between whoever's speaking and the audience. And then you kind of say, okay, like, what was the point that you, you stepped out in faith or you, you went a little further than your average person. And then you kind of explore that. And I th hopefully by the end, the audience sees, I can do that too. I, I think when, when, we, when we train people in preaching, for example, mm -hmm. you know, storytelling through speaking, first of all, it's something you said earlier, like everybody knows how to tell stories. So the best advice I can give a person if they're going to do some kind of public communication is be yourself. Mm -hmm. don't, try to, don't try to change because you're now you're up at a lectern or something. Mm -hmm. And do what you know to do, what you've been doing since you were four years old, which is telling stories, telling stories about your life. And actually, our lives are full of meaning. They're full of meaning. Even, even what seems like an ordinary thing, if we find meaning in it, that becomes transformative. So it doesn't necessarily have to be like, uh, you know, I did a surgery and saved someone's life or something. It can be the discovery of something in, in a mundane detail of your life. And the telling of a story is almost like unearthing, it seems like, the meaning in ordinary things, ordinary people, but also ordinary circumstances where we discover something extraordinary. One of my favorite storytellers is, is Frederick Buechner. And his big thing is like, listen to your life. Like your life is, is telling you things all the time, you know. Um, <clears throat> he, talked about, he talked about making this drive from his home uh, which is sort of in a rural place, to this other little town. And in between his home, which is like a rural town, to this other rural town, there was an even smaller little town. Mm. And he realized that as he was driving to this, this other place, that he had passed through that little town without even noticing that it was there. And he tells this beautiful story of asking himself the question, how often do I do that in my life? Just drive through and not even notice that I've been somewhere, that something has happened to me, to my life. Um, he's, he's, for me, he's one of the best examples of doing that, of sort of taking, he, he, he tells the story of walking on the streets of New York in the sort of Central Park and the, just the sights, the sounds, the beauty, the wonder of that place, and a, and a woman accosting him and saying, and, and, and on the street and saying, Jesus loves you, and walking away in a, in a mad rush. And, and, what Beekner is a, is a master at doing is like 
letting that seep into his own soul and un unnerving him, you know, undoing mm -hmm. him. And so he writes this very beautiful piece about how true it is and how he wanted to rush after her and grab her and say, you're so right. And how crazy is this truth that you've just, you've just said in passing, you know, to me. It's something that we might dismiss, that we might drive through, becomes, I don't know, it becomes uh, fuel for the fire of good stories. And maybe what makes a good story is like what you said, that it fascinates us. We see that wonder in it, the, the, the meaning in it, and then we, we want to tell people however we can, you know. I mean, and you said it earlier too, like everyone seems to want to be kind of a amateur filmmaker. They're, they're finding ways to do it. I'm interested, at least for you, as, as I don't know, I guess you'd say more of a professional mm -hmm. photographer, filmmaker. What do you think about that? What do you think about, like, everybody's a photographer now. Everybody's a filmmaker. I mean, is it, is it, is it, do you, do you celebrate that? Like, good, good for this? Or do you feel sort of like, this sucks. So why is everyone ruining my medium? You know, all these hacks out there. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, it's, I, I, I would call it disruption because the, so like to give an example, the, the wedding photography business oh, is yeah. pinch is screwed. Totally. <laughs> like, totally. These, I know, I've known these guys who have been shooting weddings for 20 years, you know, and, and their, their price, their bottom line is like $3,000 a wedding. And nowadays, you know, your cousin with a camera cousin. will do it for like Life 200 bucks. And yeah. they'll, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll periscope it. They'll do everything for you. And it's like, Snapchat. yeah, you really, it's hard to really charge the prices now or, or, you know, and so I think it, I think it's good in the end because I think at the end of the day, it's our, the whole, like every industry is now all about stories, all about, you know, kind of vying for your attention for, mm -hmm. for better or worse. And, it actually shows we, we need a lot more storytellers to, in, you know, as we go further into the dawn of the mm. 21st century, it's, it's going to be about like what captures your audience's attention? How do you do it best? And I think that does push us all to become better storytellers. Mm. Um, I think all of us are learning more and more, like almost everybody has to know how to tell a story these days from, and, and we're learning through Instagram stories through just Instagramming in general, um, how to be storytellers. I think it makes us all better people. It gives us better tools. I think it also makes us a lot more narcissistic. We think that the world revolves around us. Everyone wants to know what we have to say and we're a little entitled to that intention. Hmm. I mean, as, as like a filmmaker, I feel that already, but you know, I feel like everybody is now kind of just given that spotlight and to, we want to hear about your life. But not everybody does. So I think really the challenge is like focusing in, okay, is this story I'm trying to tell worth telling? Mm. And, you know, how do I make it, a, like, how do I become a better storyteller to do that? That's so interesting. I never really thought about um, how a new medium like this can sort of fan the flames of certain kinds of sin, you know, like, so, and, and, and maybe, maybe I, I implicitly or intuitively feel like certain people on social media I like, certain people I'm sort of turned off by. And part of that, I think, is how self-centered it is or how mm -hmm. self-aggrandizing uh, yeah. mm -hmm. maybe it is. And, mm -hmm. and so that's, that's an interesting point. Like you, you're saying, uh, you know, those things can become a tool for narcissism or, or 
maybe the, the accounts that I like to follow more are telling other people's stories. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're still using those tools, mm-hmm. maybe learning in an amateur way. But I, I like people that post about their friends or they post about, I love this person. That's, that's sort of common. Someone will take a picture of somebody. Here's, here's someone I really like or admire. There's something Christ-like about that. You're taking your small little platform mm-hmm. and you're honoring someone else versus an account which is all just pictures of yourself or all just pictures of that person, yeah. which is, man, that's... The selfie generation. It's in your yeah. face. Like, that's clearly... Something's wrong with yeah. that person. <laughs> yeah. That's really true. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I see that on Instagram a lot where there's almost like two camps. There's, there's the camp who does take the picture of themselves, and then there's the other that that maybe takes it for themselves. They take it to remember what happened in my life. Like the, hmm. my favorite thing I like to do at the end of each year is I, uh, I print out, there's a photo service that basically prints all your Instagrams from the year hmm. and they send it to you in a booklet. Hmm. And it's a great like, cool. here was your year, hmm. you know, think about it, reflect on it. And I love that. I give it to as like a gift to my wife and I. Um, but I think at the same time, like, if, if it's just all selfies, like, what a year was it? It's <laughs> not a really interesting story. It no. was just your, right. the change of your face over the yeah. course of a year. And that's interesting, too, that maybe the collection mm-hmm. of pictures you take mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. or stories you tell is a story in itself. What, what, what you know, I guess you would call meta narrative. What's, mm-hmm. what's the overarching story of your life? And maybe, maybe that's part of what we're kind of, I don't know, touching is that when we look at you look at the the collection the body of the stories we tell that means something it's, it reflects something about us about who we are um i mean i i guess i'm i'm curious about you as you look at the how have you changed maybe as a storyteller or things that have as maybe maybe as a chronicle of your own growth mm-hmm. as a person or what you are fascinated by or interested in i yeah i I think for me (laughs) you know i look back at my instagram occasionally and like early days are pretty heavy narcissism i mean i well i you know part of that's my story like i tried to be you know an actor and model in in hollywood after i got back from film school which i went to an unnamed church who (laughs) kind of champions you know the, the self-image, the rock star self, your best you, excellence, you know, build your dreams. Um, and when I got to the underground, I kind of was like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a shift in momentum. It was a shift in direction on kind of where I was trying to go in my life. And I really got humbled because I saw a lot of people who weren't living their lives for themselves. They weren't, you know, like talking about, you know, kind of what what they were doing it was it just all their ministries were about others and it made me kind of question who I was at the end of the day because mm-hmm. I think I used to think that you could be in front of the camera um as a means to an end to eventually become behind the camera and tell other stories but now I realize like humility is a journey you have to start from day one like if if God ever wants to use you in a big platform make movies tell big stories I think you have to, on day one, like, shun a lot of that attention away. Like, 
and it's easy because nowadays you can become a brand, you know, like, mm -hmm. and that's, that's one way to get a big platform is to like, you know, you as a speaker become a brand and you, I'm sure you know what it's like to give into that a bit, or at least want like, maybe this could be a good tool. Like mm -hmm. I use my own face. I use my own name to become a tool. But the more I realize it, the more I realize like, I mean, it, it may be a way to get you to the top, but when you get to the top, will you have the character that God can use to do the dreams you originally have? Hmm. And I don't think you can. Hmm. I mean, I see all the time. You've like, made some trade along the way that you didn't mm -hmm. mean to make. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, you'll never be able to, like, fully avoid putting your name on things and having to some degree about you. Like, people, at the end of the day, they want to, to know you. And, and, you know, you have to be yourself, like you said. But I think, I think your story focusing on others, like trying to embody the life of Jesus, of his kind of obscurity, his mm. kind of running away from crowds. You have to wrestle with that as a storyteller. You guys are both really amazing storytellers. And I think you have both have a way of taking something mundane that happens and kind of using that for a story and really drawing out the, the depth of it. And you talked about this a little bit before with fascination and um, you know, you said having an eye for stories, Brian, and I, I'm just curious, like, how do you develop that skill? So I think a lot of times I'll tell a story and people are like, oh, cool story, bro. You know, that that wasn't that interesting or, or that fascinating. And so for people that are trying to really tell stories about their ministry or are trying to advance the kingdom through storytelling, what are some skills that you guys have developed? Yeah, and people always say to me, like, oh, where do you get your stories? I just right. don't have stories like that. And the truth is, we all yes, do. you do. Yes, you <laughs> absolutely do. There's yeah. nothing remarkable about my life necessarily but you're kind of pj you're kind of in a position now doing this documentary mm -hmm. where you're having to actually sort through stories oh, so, so much. <laughs> you have to pick yeah. what stories do i tell here and talk about the meta narrative yeah. like okay you're trying to tell you're trying to tell the story of the underground in a documentary style and by doing that you're kind of drilling down into the specific microchurches that make up the underground mm -hmm. which is what it is and you have to choose so what, what's that been like for you? And what, how do you pick, you know, how do you find good stories? That's the question. Because it, I, I think, and that's yeah. part of what I'm saying, is that you're actually your life is just riddled with yes. stories. Yes. The question is picking the right picking ones. The right one. yeah. Yes. And what makes maybe a, a great storyteller stand out, it's partly their craft, but it's also that choice mm -hmm. of which one of the 20 things that happened to me today am I going to share at dinner, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's so many times I'm doing these interviews for this underground documentary and like I'm doing a big story, you know, that's kind of level A. Level B is I'm interviewing Julie Wood from, you know, the Just Initiative. I'm interviewing John Dangler from The Well. And then they're telling me, a, uh, that's like my B story. And then my C story is they're telling me a story about what happened in their ministry mm -hmm. or, you know, or about somebody else. So now I've got three stories, three levels of stories I have to look at in the edit suite to say like okay <laughs> basically the the solution is what is your story a like what is the meta narrative you're trying to tell what's that question you're going at and then how does b level story and c level story how does that work back into mm -hmm. that if it does and if it's a good story you know if it's compelling mm -hmm. yeah i'll include it i'll, I'll build it out more mm -hmm. we'll go back mm -hmm. we'll shoot a second mm -hmm. interview mm -hmm. we'll get more footage from that event if i really think it is always driving back to that top level story and so basically you the, the answer is you have to figure out what's the story i'm trying to tell what is the hmm. the direction i'm trying to go with this and then anything that contributes to that great anything that doesn't throw it out it may be great it, you know i've thrown away some incredible stories because i just didn't feel like 
you know, especially with these We Are Underground documentaries I've done in the past, you've got five minutes to, to tell about this. And, and they'll just monologue. Like George Wood will tell me about, you know, like waking up at 6 a.m. to gunshots in the morning and running out on the street like half naked and then seeing cop cars everywhere. And I'm like, I want to include that. But does it mm. does it actually <laughs> contribute mm. in, a, in a concise way? And yeah, mm. I would just say figure out your, your bottom line. What do you what story do you want to tell at the end of the day? It's kind of has impl- interesting implications for everyday life. You know, if I'm thinking, okay, I'm sitting around the dinner table with my children, for example, mm-hmm. and I can share something about my day. And if I'm asking that meta narrative question, you know, not just what is the most interesting thing that happened to me today, but actually what am I trying to teach my kids mm-hmm. about life yeah. or God, mm-hmm. about the world? Maybe I pick a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I've only got the one or two stories to tell over dinner. So, which one do I really want to pick? Where maybe I'm not the hero, yeah. um, or maybe I'm not complaining. You know, mm-hmm. if if I could pick your brain, then I think one one thing that's really interesting about the underground sermons and preaching is that usually the speakers are never the heroes of the stories, mm-hmm. and. I can't remember so much if I've seen that at other churches, but I, I definitely see it as a consistent theme at the underground. Like, almost the best stories are the ones where you're in the wrong and someone else does right, and now you're reflecting on that. It it almost reminds me of some of Jesus' better parables. Can you speak into that mm-hmm. a bit? Well, I, I think that the more people are telling stories, the more it becomes this ubiquitous medium. Mm-hmm the more sophisticated the ear or the eye mm-hmm. in your case. It's like people, they expect a higher level, a higher quality. And one of the things I think maybe a, a generation of people that have grown up listening to and watching beautiful, sophisticated stories being told before their eyes is they don't really want to put up with um, an ego trip or something that's self-serving. Um, they can feel it. They can smell it. And maybe people always have been able to, yeah. you know, sense that. Um, and it just doesn't, it, it feels dissonant to the greater, the larger, the meta narrative story of Jesus, the way of Jesus. I mean, this is Jesus who said, you know, the greatest in the kingdom will be the least. The one who serves will be great. And so how do we do that in storytelling? How do we, mm. how do we, embody that implication in the way of Jesus that I, I am, I'm, I'm great when I serve. I'm great when I honor someone else, something else, not myself, mm-hmm. right? It, he said, actually, if anyone would come after me, he would have to deny himself. So how, what, how, what does self-denial look like in, on a stage, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And even you and me, we've talked a little bit about, like, putting this documentary together. You've been shy. This is, this is sort of a a character trait, I think, of of the underground is that our people are shy. Mm-hmm. They're intentionally shy. And it's it's like we're uncomfortable making it about us or, or being at the center of things. And even you, like, how, where is your voice in the documentary? And, I, of course, I'm encouraging you mm-hmm. to, to put yourself into it, to put your voice into it, your own journey, your own questions, that kind of thing. But your initial feeling toward it was, uh, you know, I don't, 
I want it to be about you guys. I want it to be about this thing that's happening, not about me. And so I, th- I think that's actually good. That's actually beautiful. And maybe that's the, the tension we feel. Yeah. Like we need to tell real stories that are authentic, that we're a part of, that are about us, that we're in somehow. And sometimes we do the right thing. So we can't be afraid of telling the story where we, you know, but we're never really the hero, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus always somehow is the hero. Even in our best moments, it's because of him. Yeah. So that I think that's a really good and interesting observation, too. I, I think it sets up a, a good technique, in which is used in comedy storytelling a lot, where it's, it's expectation and then the subversion of expectation. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why almost all comic panel strips are three strips. It's setup, expectation, and then un you know like unknown subversion of that expectation and so i think like when you're when you're telling a story on stage and it sounds like okay you're about to be the hero the the expectation for the audience nowadays is like oh yeah you know and you saved the day and you did a good job but the best stories and the stories that are most like how jesus told stories Mm. is when you subvert that to maybe the least of these is the hero of the story Mm. or you know i i think that that's a really good storytelling technique is um, kind of almost have the end in mind when you're trying to tell these stories. Like, get, like the best movies kind of set you up mm-hmm. for that plot twist. Like they just they buy you into it. You know, they feed you the cliche, they feed you the cliche, and then all of a sudden, this other element that you totally overlooked. That's what ends up becoming the the, the real deal at the end. Yeah, yeah. it it, it reminds like while you're talking, it's reminding me of just the story of Jesus the gospel, like that he became weak and is not strong and he died. And then the, the mm-hmm. big switch there is the resurrection. Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm sort of on a Beekner love fest today, but <laughs> he says the gospel is comedy, tragedy, and fairy tale. Hmm. It's the th- sort of the three great stories. It is all those things. You know, it is a comedy because God loves slobs like us, fools like us. It's hilarious. Uh, it is a tragedy because of the great, obvious injustice of the, of the most innocent man who's ever lived being murdered. And it's a fairy tale because it really is about in the impossible coming true. Things that cannot be true, are true, are made true somehow in the coming of the kingdom. It is, the gospel does have all of these potential beautiful elements of a story it is the great story last question pj for all those tech nerds out there what's the one piece of equipment you really love to use for filmmaking or storytelling is there anything that you could not live without when it comes to making projects i'm gonna go for it i'm gonna just say my iphone all right because at the end of the day the (laughs) best camera is the one you have with you that's Mm. good everyone's a storyteller Everyone's a storyteller. Everyone can do it. Um, I guess my final word of advice for people wanting to become better storytellers is to listen to good stories, watch good stories, and and think about how they do it. Kind of examine it, like almost critique it, like pick out the parts a little bit. And um, I think you'll be a lot more self-aware when you're trying to tell those stories if you've kind of first done the analysis of great things that you really like cool thanks so much pj yeah cool man
This was episode five of the Underground Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can catch all of our episodes on iTunes or on our website at tampaunderground.com slash podcast. Next time on the podcast, we'll be discussing chronic anxiety and its effects on missional leadership. So be sure to stay tuned.